Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's also Running on Ice, a newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on freightlanes.com slash running on ice. Today, we are joined by Charlie Riverte, president and COO at Gather AI, and Scott Swanson, director of operations and engineering at Langham Logistics. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks very much. So I'm pretty excited to talk about today um, the health world and life sciences, these things that we've just started kind of diving deeper into. And I know you guys have recently partnered together on that. Uh, before we get too far into that, uh, Charlie, let's get some background on you and how you got started at Gather AI. Um, hey, very nice to meet everyone. And thanks for having me on the on the podcast. So I, I grew up and cut my teeth in robotics. Um, I went to school at Carnegie Mellon where we sent robots to Antarctica looking for meteorites. Um, we sent robots into operating rooms for orthopedic surgery and even into mines and sewers. And then I spent 15 years in the enterprise SaaS world, had a couple of exits, um, but I've always wanted to come home to my love for robots. And when I met Gather AI, it was love at first sight, where um, a company solving real problems in a huge market with an innovative solution where all of our drones are off the shelf. Um, we're the only ones in the world that have the AI that can solve the problem with commodity drones and it brings real advantages, which we'll talk about here today. Awesome. I, I kind of like that you found your way back to, to to that love of robots and drones and all that. It's always nice when you get to come home to something that you know and love. That's right. And as a former Pittsburgher, um, a company founded of Carnegie Mellon had a lot more homecoming. I'm trying to get the, the colors changed to black and gold, but so far I've not been successful. I mean, look, that's something that a good little online campaign can't solve. Scott, why don't you tell us how you got started at Langham? Yeah, so it's an interesting story. I was born and raised on the West Coast in uh, Southern California. and always been into automation and technology most of 30 years, uh, building for big box operations, you know, like Best Buy, Toys R Us, uh, some big operations. Um, always outfitting them with uh, technology, advanced robotics, whatever it might be. Um, got an opportunity to move to Indiana. Uh, got a nice role as same thing, doing technology and uh, vice president role. Uh, didn't work out. They filed bankruptcy, and I started talking to Kathy Langham, and she uh, had a cup of coffee with me. And now here I am at Langham. I've been here for for a little over four years and same thing looking at a lot of automation for her buildings as well as some technology and things like that i feel like all great career paths or good good positions that you've started in have started over a cup of coffee a quick bite to eat or do you just have time for a quick drink after work i feel like that has caused uh that has been the the the, pro the propelling force of a lot of careers in logistics I would totally agree. I was on my way back to California, and after that cup of coffee, it changed forever. Uh, well, I'm so happy that you stayed at Langham, uh, and I think we should just dive right in today. So um, over at Langham Logistics, you guys have really doubled down on that life sciences area. Why has that become an area that has been so important to Langham Logistics? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. When I first started here, we started with what we call our core businesses, and it was a lot of automotive and a lot of uh, ambient businesses um, and, and things like that. So Kathy told me when I had 
coffee with her that she wanted to look into life sciences and life sciences is tougher to get into. There's a lot more quality around life science, a lot more getting it into the building. But if you can get it done and you can do it right, uh, it is definitely better for margins and it's more profitable for us. So um, when I got here, we were just starting on our first building and now we have converted into three buildings are all dedicated life sciences and we are getting ready to build our fourth up in the Pennsylvania area. So it's been very well for us. Um, we've been working with some really strong partners, Amgen, Lilly, Roche. Um, we've been working with them, getting them some of our products. In. And since the word has been getting out there, we've been growing tremendously, filling all our buildings. And then, Charlie, have you guys seen on the Gather AI side, have you seen a lot more of companies that are starting these life science initiatives or maybe getting into more of the pharmaceutical health space with the temperature controlled freight. Have you guys seen a rise in that kind of need on your end as well? Yeah, we sure are. Um, Lightham was an early adopter of the technology and learning from their operations, it sets a really high bar for how you run your warehouse. I've been at a Phoenix facility. I would happily eat off the floor. It's so it's so low run. Um, but in terms of the need to really be on top of your inventory and manage things like, like cold chain, obviously, that you talk about inventory rotation, um, it puts higher demand on on someone running a warehouse to make sure that their operations are great. Um, and and cold storage generally, I had a customer interrupt us in the middle of a conference talk, stand up and raise their hand and you know kind of beg us to come fly in their freezers. So it's definitely a growing uh, and challenging application. I absolutely love that. I mean, it's got to be pretty great if someone's literally approaching you saying like, please come, please come take care of things. Please solve all of my problems. That has to be a nice, uh, you know, feeling that you're like, oh, we actually are helping people. We're getting people the things that they need and, you know, helping improve that supply chain efficiency. Yeah, absolutely. So the one of the things that we've kind of talked about before, um, but I always kind of fascinates me is that um, it's it's that risk mitigation piece around temperature controlled freight. And that is because, um, you know, if you have apples or fruit that gets outside of its temperature range, it's still probably fine, but it might go to waste, but eh, you could probably salvage some of it. But on the health side and um, in the medical space, that is something that if those products fall outside of that, that, that temperature zone, that they are like some of them are just unable to be used. And that means that person, um, that potential consumer doesn't get the medicine that they need or doesn't get supplies that they need. And that is it kind of ups the stakes of it's more, it's truly actually more life or death versus just, oh, uh, some apples got a little warm and they might spoil a little faster. Um, do you guys, have you guys as a result of this uh, temperature controlled space, have you had to implement some pretty, um, some pretty, le- some pretty extreme kind of um, guidances and uh, kind of basically do you have that process for what happens when it falls outside of that temperature area and kind of how to manage that risk, that component of it. Absolutely. So, you know, it's very different from my background. Um, I come from a lot of retail background operations and you have quality and things checking in and out. But with life sciences, it's very heavily quality focused. You have the CGMP facilities everything's checked in, everything's checked out from a quality. We have to have quality managers on every site as well as quality associates. And some of our KPIs, some of the biggest KPIs we use are time in zone, time out of zone, time in zone on the trucks, when they're being delivered, when we receive the product, it can only stay in a certain time. And customers are different. 
So we check everything time and time. We report on those KPIs to each of our customers. Um, it's checked by a separate entity. So the quality teams cannot report into the operations team. So it's completely neutral. And so we report on those and we've done very well with them so far. But um, if they do, like you said, if they do go out of temp zone in any one of those categories, whether it's in the truck, it's receiving, it's on staging or being put away, we have to quarantine it and put it out. And we have to wait for the customer to say, yeah, we we can come down and pick it up or yeah, you can ship it or we have to wait for them to tell us what to do. And a lot of times we will have to scrap some of that stuff. That has to like that has to hurt like down in your heart of hearts that like when that happens you're like uh because obviously things happen mistakes happen or it's just the sheer nature of doing business you're gonna lose some stuff but still when you have to go back to your customer and say like oh the or the shipper or manufacturer and say like is this still okay to process that has to um that's never a good conversation to have i'd imagine it's it's hard especially like we got a big client down in our south facility and uh, they came in and they told us, like, hey, can you expedite this order? And we said, yeah, we can absolutely ex- expedite it. And they came back and the president came back and said, thank you so much for getting this done. By the way, this was for hospital patients, that were 45 of them needed it like tomorrow for treatment and stuff. So it puts a different level of meaning when you're not shipping something or in out of zone and you have to quarantine it. That means somebody's not getting that product and it's truthful. Yeah, that's something that uh, I've always said. Because, you know, when I did stuff on dry van side or I did like agriculture or like no one's going to die if of if a giant research tractor is a day late. Like not, nothing truly bad is going to happen if a tractor just doesn't get there on time because ultimately it's a tractor like nobody's going to die. Um, but in the, in the health space, nope, that's actually a reality. Like <laughs> there is that extra level, level of um, pressure and uh, expectation that you actually do have to deliver because it's um it's it's not fun it's the alternative that means a lot more for sure um charlie have you guys seen any kind of uptick in that risk mitigation part of it have you guys developed a kind of a, an assistant solution for that uh over there at gather ai yeah absolutely so um temperature monitoring and logging are obviously the foundation of any cold chain um tracing process one of the benefits of using drones is the drones are they're not just taking sensor data, they're taking pictures. And that's how we do all of our inventory is image processing. Um, we read barcodes with cameras and computer vision and we can do all kinds of other fancier statistics. And if you want to push the envelope, um, we actually can use thermal uh, cameras on drones, which allows you to get a lot more detailed measurements. So rather than the number of sensors that you might have in cold storage, the drones, the thermal cameras actually image the inventory and have more traceability and more proof of, of what it was and make sure that you're um, adhering to your controls all over the environment and not just in the sensing locations. But one other aspect is that the drones fly by themselves. They're fully autonomous. So working in a cold application is very rough. You know, my heart goes out to anyone who spends their, their days and nights um, in, in cold storage. And that uh, the drones will fly, each one flies five times faster than a human will typically do um, inventory cycle counting by themselves. So it allows the people to spend a lot less time um, in the cold storage and really improve their quality of life. That is something that I have shouted from the rooftops over and over again is um, automate what you can and give uh, ha- have the people managing the people exceptions and managing those exceptions and automate everything that you can because like you mentioned, it's cold storage. You have to literally get bundled up and in certain instances have 
special training on how to not get burned by something that is literally too cold. And so I, I don't know that I would be like super cheery every day to go into a frozen tundra and complete my eight to 10 to maybe 12 hours, depending on my shift, and then go home, especially in the wintertime. I would be like, this is done. Like I'm done. But in the summer, different story, because if I get to work in like an Arctic tundra and when it's 100 degrees outside, sign me up. Um, but still, it's, it does get old. So I like that there is that solution. Um, also, the fact that you have the drones that can do that thermal imaging th- component of it, that has to be extremely valuable that then, you know, your partner like Langham can go back to the customer and say, OK, this is actually what it looks like. And that has to dramatically reduce the amount of potential waste and damaged out goods in the in it within those, the organization. Right. Yeah, that's the thermal cameras are a new offering. But the reason we can do that is because we're drone agnostic, right? Our software, our AI can power um, any drone, really. So um, when that becomes relevant to an application, we can supply a different drone. And then you'll have the thermal pictures kind of saved forever. So whenever you want, if there's an issue down the road, you can come back and audit. and have a lot more traceability of, of how things are working. I absolutely love that. And um, also, who doesn't love being able to power any drone? To me, that's a that's a win-win. Just pick a drone, at, take a drone, any drone, and we've got it. Um, so I guess, Scott, when you have, they're in the health science spaces because it is, it does, you know, so intimately affect people's lives. How do you guys stay on top of these uh, changes and regulations? Because um, you guys do manage other aspects of the supply chain outside of, um, outside of just the health sciences thing. How do you kind of pay attention to everything that happens across like all of your customers and all of your business uh, while still making sure that nothing slips through the cracks? Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot that we try to do and keep up with. And uh, we do do a lot of conferences. You know, we go to like Modex. I just got back from Manifest where Gather was as well. Uh, we go to ProMat. So we do a lot of these conferences. I think um, what really helps us a lot is staying in touch with the clients. And we have QBRs with each of our clients just to make sure that we're on touch with what they need. And if there's more and what technologies they're seeing, what we're seeing, we share that with them. It's also hiring the next level of resources. It, we have some really, we have a really good quality managers at our buildings and we have really good quality direct, director and they really know what's out there and they keep on top of it and they read their white pages and they read their articles. So uh, they're really good. And I think, you know, being around life science, it's really quality focused. And so you have to have those right folks that know what exactly what the laws are and what the regulations are. I was going to say that is because um, you have the life sciences aspect, which there's always new developments and news coming out about that. But then, you know, you have the rest of your business, which, you know, there's seems to be some new regulation coming out every other day about something with drivers and carriers and shipper regulations and other things like that. And I feel like it has to kind of more or less be a nightmare to try and manage it all. And and then also still pr- continue to provide that service to your customers. It, it is. And one of the things that we're working on with Gather is um, a lot of the life scientists are just now getting into the drone technology from what we've seen. And so they're not validated. So we're working with Gather to get these drones validated with CFR 21. And so that we can actually, we do the cycle counts, but some of the clients won't count them because they're not a validated piece of equipment. So once we get them validated, we can use them for cycle counts as well as the other cycle counts that we're doing. So we're working on things like that with Gather. So what is a validated drone then? 
it just goes through process. You know, it's like whenever you get into life science, you have to validate your WMS. You have to do, if you, whatever systems you're using, a systems of record, you have to validate it to say, yep, this is exactly what it does. So we're going through the drones and you have an outside company come in and says, this is what the drones do. This is the information it saves. And it's, this is how accurate it is. And then when all that's signed off and, and ready to go, then they'll accept that as a validated piece of equipment so that we can do the cycle counts with them and they'll accept them. I have, uh, Charlie, have you guys seen um, pretty much all of the drones that you've started working with past this validation process? Have you kind of run into any obstacles with that or is it pretty much just another step for uh, getting more drones in warehouses? Um, it's pretty pretty normal step. Um, we're starting that now um, with Scott's team. And when it comes to the drone side of the house, there's half of it where the regulations are pretty well established. I think the other half really don't exist yet. Um, on the established side of things, Langham is a real innovator and they've understood the need of, of their own customers to really have a lot more focus on traceability and compliance. And, you know, from the early days, it wouldn't exist if it not for Langham. You know, they've been a supporter for years and um, now they're positioning themselves as having drone powered inventory where, and, you know, sometimes a busy 3PL space, they can really stand out of providing a higher service level offering to their customers and even share the drone data directly with them if, if that's appropriate. Um, so they, no, that's, big, that, that's been a real boost um, on the not yet regulated side yet. It's common for us to get questions about drones. Like, hey, I thought drones were science fiction. Are they really going to fly by themselves in the warehouse? You know, what, what's that like? And, and questions around safety. Um, and, that, and that's coming, right? Safety regulations. But um, when, we, when we walk customers through that process on their questions and they realize that they can take people out of blitzing equipment, they can minimize their time in, in temperature-controlled environments, um, and in exchange, all they have to do is fly around a drone that's less than two pounds, which is like a bug on the windshield of a forklift. There's sort of tremendous safety benefits. So it's, it's, it's common to get questions there and walk people through that process and, um, uh, you know, another reason why why. Which is appealing. Uh, I was going to say, OSHA has to be pretty happy about people getting off of lifts and just sitting there piloting a drone around a warehouse because uh, it's pretty hard to fall when you're standing already on the ground. Um, and if a drone falls from the sky, well, it's probably just a little broken and we can replace it, but it's it's not necessarily hurting a life. Um, it's just, oops, it broke. And that's a really expensive mistake. That's right. And when you use Gather, it's not your drone, it's our drone. Um, it's, it's truly a software product. So that means if the drone ever malfunctions, we'll send you another one overnight. Put the old one back in the box and we take care of it. So is it like a true malfunction or if it like if the drone accidentally clips a clips a rock and dis and like kind of disintegrates because it broke? Uh is that is that still a gather? Is that still a gather of sending send me a new one? Oh yeah, I'm just saying if there's any problems with it. Our our customers, you know, have headaches maintaining their forklifts. We don't want them to have to become drone experts. So we, we just take care of all that stuff. We even, have, we even had customers tell us that they save money on insurance because they can reclassify some of their inventory, inventory control staff as a different job code as IT workers when they are, are taken out of the heavy machinery. They're no longer using lifting equipment and they save money on insurance for that. So um, Spanish shuts all around. That is like a giant win-win for everyone involved. Yeah, that's right. And it, inventory is a tough job, so um, bringing that, making it more of a information job than a warehouse job, I think, uh, is a lot more fun for everyone. Yeah, because uh, to be fair, inventory is it's something that's necessary, and everyone wants that visibility as to what's actually sitting in their warehouse. And 
you know, how much they have of each thing, but being the person that sits there and counts and makes sure that everything that the system says is there is actually there. Um, I'm not going to say it's a tedious job, but sometimes it's not very fun. No. And we're in three of Scott's warehouses. I think a fourth one is coming soon. And from his desk right now, he can log in and see images for any of them, right? Without being there in person and go back to the history and find any information he wants. Um, you can walk through the warehouse at your fingertips. That has to be really cool, Scott. You can just like take a, the, apparently the warehouse that's so nice, Charlie would eat off the floor of. Um, you could just, you could just see if anyone's having lunch on the floor. Yeah. Most life science facilities are definitely like that, but yeah, and we do, we use, we utilize those recording functions and we've had customers ask us for specifics on uh, a location. Hey, do you still have this in that location? Can we see what it looks like visually? So we, we absolutely utilize those functions and send them to the customers when they All right, gentlemen, we are running out of time today, but there is a question that everyone that comes on the show has to answer, and you two are no exception. So, Scott, we're going to start with you. Is cereal a soup? Cereal is not a soup. You don't have to cook cereal. You don't have to warm cereal up, and you're just adding milk. All righty. I like it. Charlie, is cereal a soup to you? I think people try too hard to put things in boxes. Uh, and the world's a messy place, which I, I love it. Um, I've had some good cold soups. So I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, it, sure, cereal can be a soup if you if you try hard. I, I like it. Well, because depending on the type of cereal, if you get like a, a Rice crispy, it's not like a, a Lucky Charms kind of thing. It could, it could work. Uh, I like it. Controversial, separate opinions, but still able to work together. A story for the ages. Right. That's <laughs> fantastic. All right, Charlie, if someone, if anyone wants to find you to talk to you about um, what you guys have been able to do with warehouses or anything with drones, where can they find you outside the show? Just come to our website, gather.ai is the website address. You can find us on LinkedIn and send us a message. We're happy to chat. Awesome. And then, Scott, if people have any questions about kind of that early innovation that Langham has done, uh, where can they find you outside the show? Yeah, please just go to our website, langham.com. You can find our directory and get a hold of wherever you like to get a headline. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on FreightWaves TV, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet.